Mobile malware, jailbroken devices, and unpatched systems. These are among the top threats to mobile workers. What are some of the other threats, and what do they all mean? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing the threats to mobile workers today with Dave Jevons. He's CTO of Marble Security, Inc. Dave, thanks so much for joining me today. Tom, it's a real pleasure. To start out with, Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself and your new organization, please. Well, Marble Security is a, uh, a new company, and we are focused on the evolving threats against mobile workers on their own devices, on their iPhones, their Androids, or even their laptops. And we really have come out of a strong background of security, looking at mobility for many years. My background includes 20 years in Internet security at uh, companies like Valisert, Tumbleweed Communications, Teros, Differential, and IronKey. So I've been involved in all areas of encryption and authentication on the Internet. And I also am the chairman of the APWG. We started as the Anti-Phishing Working Group. We have about 2,000 member companies and government agencies all around the world, and we run conferences three times a year on electronic crime and the emerging threats. Well, Dave, let's talk about the threats to mobile workers. What do you find that is unique about the mobile threatscape? The mobile threatscape, I think, is really interesting in that, first off, it's an exploding space. So if we think about the growth of mobile devices that we all have, so your smartphones and now your tablets, the growth is, is, is unprecedented. We'll see over 300 million new Android phones and iPhones in the market this year. We'll probably be at about 600 million total deployed by the end of this year. So the growth is exponential. The other thing that's different is people are buying these devices and then they want to use them at work. Whereas in the past, the paradigm for security has always been, I'll buy you a computer, the work will buy you a computer, work will provision the security software, work will put the antivirus on it, work will put firewalls on the network for you. When you think about the mobile space, it's completely the opposite, which is I'm bringing in a device which my company knows nothing about. They don't know if it's infected. They don't know what apps are on it. They don't know if there's any security vulnerabilities. They don't know the operating system. And not only that, am I bringing that into the network? I'm using that all around the world. I'm using it on my cell network. I'm going to the coffee shop and using their Wi-Fi or the airplane's Wi-Fi. So the security pattern has completely changed to a very uncontrolled environment, a very uncontrolled network, and yet users are demanding to use those devices. So it creates a whole new set of security challenges for IT security professionals and for end users. And the other thing that's happening is that the criminals have figured all this out as well. So there are much more insidious forms of attacks at the network level and at the device level and at the app level that are coming against people using mobile devices. Well, Dave, you put together some thoughts on what you call the top nine threats against mobile workers. I'd like to discuss a few of those with you. Mobile malware, number one. Uh, it seems like for the past few years we hear this is the year of mobile malware. Next year is the year of mobile malware. From your perspective, how big of a challenge is mobile malware for organizations and individuals today? Well, mobile malware has a, a very different challenge than PC-based malware, and, and here's a couple of reasons why. 
In PC-based malware, we know that it's a big problem. There are established vendors that deal with it. However, we know also that there is no 100% protection. We know that we need a layered security approach. For example, antivirus software ranges in effectiveness from 80% at the high end down to 20%. Most targeted malware these days, you know, antivirus won't pick it up. But we understand that, and there are many levels of mitigation in the PC space. When we look at mobile malware, while there's much less of it quantitatively, so for example, in the PC space, we know there's at least 60 million unique pieces of malware and growing. In the Android space, for example, Maybe there's three and a half thousand. Some people think there's as many as 12,000 different variants of malware in the mobile space. So you could say quantitatively, oh, wow, it's, it's not as bad. However, it's actually much more challenging, and here's why. The growth rate of mobile malware is much faster than the growth rate of PC-based malware. There's just way more of it coming out as a percentage-wise from, for example, 2012 versus 2011 and moving into 2013. So the growth rate's much higher. The other thing is that the malware that we see on these uh, mobile devices is very different in nature than the malware we see on the PC. So on the PC, it's usually web-based drive-bys, we call it, where you visit an evil website and it affects you, your computer at the operating system level. While there is some of that on the mobile platform, Really what we're seeing is more applications that are malicious that users are consciously downloading. So people are actually downloading things from various places on the net that they don't understand. The next challenge is there's really no layered security model yet in mobile malware. So there are some emerging mobile malware scanning products, and Marble Security's got one, but there aren't the other protections as people are using other networks. There aren't web filters on a Wi-Fi network, for example. Email can come from multiple different places on a mobile device that an IT manager cannot control. Very difficult to control which applications are on mobile devices, especially if you're letting users bring their own device in. The other challenge we see is that on certain devices, older versions of iPhones, but it's always catching up to new versions, and on Android, there are the capabilities to jailbreak or root the device, which basically means that thing's completely insecure. You can have operating system level attacks. There are also new attacks around JavaScript coming. So it's, it's a very immature security space. While the OS is maybe more secure fundamentally than, for example, the Windows operating system, it's really these other attacks that are coming in, which are primarily malicious app-based attacks. Yeah, let me take you back to the jailbroken devices you mentioned, because that's one of the other threats that you talk about a lot. I know that users sort of pride themselves on their ability to jailbreak devices. What are they most misunderstanding about this specific risk? I think that users are really not understanding that jailbreaking a device doesn't just let them get cool apps for free, but it completely breaks the security model of the device, and there are no protections once that security model has been broken. There are not products that can get in there and like scan it and do things like that. That's The market's just too immature for that. So if you jailbreak your device, for example, you've opened yourself up to any app reading any data from any app. 
any app being able to get into the back into the operating system. And for example, we see oftentimes they'll open a back door onto your device. And those devices, the operating system is pretty powerful if you jailbreak it or root it. I mean, you're really looking at a very sophisticated, powerful operating system underneath there. And if they open a back door into it, hackers can log right into that device, monitor everything you do. I mean, it's worse than having a completely unprotected PC or Mac. You're actually far more vulnerable because they're just not designed for that. One of the other threats you talk about is unpatched systems. And we know that people are not protecting their mobile devices as they would their more stationary devices. How do we encourage and and see better practices here? Well, as many people know, Tom, the unpatched device problem is one of the main routes of infection and malicious code being injected into users' computers and devices. This is because hackers are constantly finding what we call zero-day attacks. They're finding new vulnerabilities in operating systems as they're released or older versions or software that's part of it that's old. And if you don't constantly update, what happens is those attacks get spread out to all the hackers on the Internet. So instead of just one attacker having it, now everybody's got it. They build it into all their malware, which means that over time, the older your operating system or the older the apps on it, the more vulnerable they actually become to attack and take over. The challenge here is with people bringing in their own computers or logging in from home either on their own Uh, tablet device or their own laptop, it's very difficult today or almost impossible for an IT admin to enforce what version of operating system it is, what version of apps are up on that device. So if you think about the corporate environment with a corporate-issued device with a network access control system, they can start to enforce patch management. So they can say, well, you're running a version of, let's say, Windows that's known to have vulnerabilities that allow an attacker to you know, send you a Word document that lets them break into your computer and then break into our network. They can enforce that through patch management at the network level and with agents on your device. But let's say now you're at home and you're on an old Android tablet. Maybe it's got an operating system version from a year ago, year and a half ago. Maybe you're logging in from an, your own laptop that's got an operating system that's got known flaws in it. Well, you're VPNing in or you're using corporate apps or you're getting corporate email and you're on an effectively unpatched device that's completely vulnerable to these types of attacks. So what Marble Security is doing is in our app, in our agent, we allow IT to actually know what versions of operating systems you have on your devices to put them into a risk scoring engine that we host in the cloud that IT administrators can get to, and they can basically look at the health of users' own devices out in the field. It's not intrusive to the user. It doesn't force patches on the user. It's still their user's own device. It's not locking it down, but it gives risk scoring and then alerting to IT folks. And they can choose to, for example, educate the user and put up a dialogue saying you're running an unpatched version. It's very dangerous. Please update your operating system version, for example, on your Android or your Windows. Or alternatively, they can enforce and block access to the network and to applications if you're running on an unpatched device. And I think to educate folks further about, hey, you know, you're running this older version at home, it's dangerous. In addition to letting them know every time they try to access the network, you can also put controls in it and say, we're going to warn you three times. 
or we're going to warn you for a week. And after that, we're going to automatically shut off your access until you update your operating system or the dangerous apps. A couple of other threats I want to ask you about, and they're somewhat related. The first is spear phishing, which we hear so much about these days. What are the telltale signs that individuals need to monitor for? Well, spear phishing is one of the most insidious forms of attacks, which can be part of an advanced persistent threat attack. And spear phishing is a targeted email that goes directly to a user that will have a lot of personal information in it. So it has the user's first name, last name. If it's a corporate attack, it might know the department name, what job function you are. It'll probably come from, it'll look like from your IT or maybe from a customer or a vendor or an employee. These are very, very targeted attacks that are usually the result of some form of surveillance. They're trying to break into your company. Now, people might think, well, who would try to break into my company? You'd be surprised. There's a reason to break into almost every company. There's valuable assets in every company, particularly information, but other assets as well, compromising payment systems, spreading out to users, etc. A lot of a lot of them. So while you spear phishing is a problem across the board, at the enterprise mail server, people need to be monitoring for emails that come from outside the network that pretend to be from inside the network and using technologies like DMARC to block it, SPF and sender ID and DKIM. But the problem is when you're outside on the network, when you've got users out there, they need to be very vigilant because they may not only be receiving email from the corporate mail server, but they may be receiving email on their phone from Gmail. So one of the things that IT folks need to be aware of is that people who are outside of the network, particularly on a mobile device, are much more likely to click on a spear phishing email. And the reason for this is that people on these mobile devices are reading email all the time. They're sitting in meetings. They're on the airplane. They're waiting for a meeting. They're on email all the time, and it's coming directly to them. They might not check email on their work computer for hours at a time. Maybe they check it a couple times a day. So those emails are fresh. They're delivered directly to the user. They're typically in most mobile clients. You don't get the email headers. It's harder to tell if it's fake or not. There's links in it or tell you to download an app. This is where, again, profiling the computer, having an agent on the end user's computer and on their phone and on their tablet can really help. For example, you can look if they installed a malicious application and you can look at if three or four people installed a malicious application. And by a malicious application, I mean one that, this is a typical thing to look out for, has never been seen before by a scanner. There's no signature in a database for it. And it's, as you run it in a VM, which is one of the things that we do at Marble to analyze the behavior, it starts taking data off the device. Those are things that IT folks can look for and that you can notify users about. So when they try to log in, you can scan their device, whether it's a PC, a laptop, or a, an Android or iPhone, and you can tell them, hey, you know, this looks like a really risky application. That's a very typical sign of spear phishing campaign. You mentioned advanced persistent threat. I want to follow up on that. In your notes, you refer to APT as the most dangerous threat. Why is that? Well, APTs, Advanced Persistent Threats, I mean, one way to describe it is, hey, it's the boogeyman, which means we don't exactly know what it is, but it's very scary. But the reality of APTs is that 
is really the first two words, one advanced. Typically, that means that the highest levels of criminal technology are being used. So malicious apps, malware, spear phishing attacks that have never been seen before. So traditional technologies are unlikely to detect it. The second is the persistent, which means that this is not a random virus that gets in your network. It's not a port scan of your network that just randomly takes advantage of a vulnerability found on your network or your router. These are persistent targeted attacks by people who really want to get at your employees and get into your network. And typically what we've seen is APTs target the end user. The best way to get into your network, the best way to compromise information is by compromising the user. In a mobile world, we've, as we've talked about, you don't control the user's device. It's hard to control where they get email from. It's hard to control which apps they're downloading. These all need to be monitored, alerted on, and managed in a risk management way, centralized so that you can tell if there's risky behaviors or new strange behaviors happening in the field on the user's own device. If we take a look at some of the biggest security attacks that have recently happened, for example, breaches at major media outlets, breaches at major security companies, breaches at major government agencies over the last four to six months, the theme is the same. The end user is being targeted with a very targeted attack. They'll only attack three or four users. Maybe they profile them through LinkedIn. Maybe they profile them through Facebook. And they target those users and infect them. And then from there, they can, those users are typically sensitive users, management, vice presidents, IT professionals. And from there, they can work their way into the network and get other vulnerabilities and completely compromise your systems because it's coming from trusted devices in your network when they move back in. APTs are also very dangerous because they are blended attacks. So they'll use highly sophisticated social engineering to get your user to respond to an email or to click or something or to download an app or to change a permission on their device. They will typically also involve network attacks they will involve customized malicious code or customized malicious applications. They will target systems that have never been targeted before. For example, there's a new attack that just came out at the beginning of February where bad guys are now targeting the internal payment systems inside of companies and compromising them to automatically issue hundreds of thousands of dollars of payments out. That's never been seen before. These are very advanced attacks. It takes a mindset change in IT security to think that there are reasons why people could be attacking us and looking at us for months and months and months at a time. And the mostly the way they're going to come in is through my end users. So Dave, how do marble security solutions help organizations to mitigate some of these threats? Well, Tom, what we've done at Marble is we've thought about not just what's happening today, but also looked at the historical record of how attacks and cybercrime has evolved over the last 10 years. And then we've also projected it out into the future about here's where the attackers are coming and here's the new types of attackers. And we've built a proactive system and a proactive roadmap around how we take security forward across many different devices, not just corporate issued equipment, but also the equipment that your users are buying for themselves 
and using to access your systems. This is a very different approach. If we look at the state of the art today in mobile security, it's been almost exclusively focused on the problem of my user leaves his device in a taxi cab. I want to make sure there's a password on it so that if someone finds it, they can't get in and read his email, and I want to be able to remotely wipe that device. That's device management. That is yesterday's technology. It's important, but that is not where all the threats are. The threats are in the two areas moving forward, which is the apps. So security needs to be applied to all the apps that are on users' devices. And then next, the network. There are numerous attacks coming at that network level. DNS poisoning attacks, man-in-the-middle attacks, bogus certificates being out there, all kinds of things going on at the network level. So what Marble Security is doing is taking a comprehensive approach to allow people to use devices out in the field, any device. We call it mobile security management. So devices, security, and network. Put it together in super easy to use format. Whether you're browsing the internet, whether you're using apps on the internet, we provide a security layer which involves virtualizing apps, virtualizing browsers, secure networks wherever you go on any network, risk management and risk filtering and scoring, and intelligent app analysis in the cloud. All of this done really seamlessly to the user, but as the user base grows, we're building out this intelligence network where we've got more and more data that looks for anomalies and it works across any device on any network. So that's how Marble Security is taking the security movement forward as we see consumerization of IT. Final question for you then. What's the bottom line? How do organizations begin to influence better security practices on these devices that are outside of the organization's direct control? Well, what organizations need to do to better influence security practices on these devices is first come up with a strategic plan around the fact that people will be bringing devices in. The days of you controlling them, it's just over. People will bring devices in, and there's a lot of great reasons for it, but if you don't take a proactive stance, it's going to happen to you, not with you and your help in putting it into an overall security posture. So that's the first thing. And then the next thing is to think about it from a couple of different angles. One, understanding the current threats and the emerging threats. That's why we've been talking about the nine critical threats beyond just setting a password on your device. All of that threatscape needs to be understood as a problem that needs to have address across all of it. And they need to start thinking about, well, you know what? I need to have some security footprint even on user-owned devices. And with Marble Security, that's what you can do. It won't impact the user. It doesn't restrict them from things. You can make it restrictive or you can make it an enabling technology, which is how we think about security moving forward. Make it something that enables people, that's easy to use, but that also can manage things centrally and in the cloud for IT. And I think the next piece is to think about from a risk management perspective. So policy enforcement's important, but... You also want to look at a risk scoring profile, which can look at devices in the field and say, I know there's new things coming. I'm not sure what they are. They probably fit in these nine categories of threats. Maybe there's a new one that we don't know about that's coming. But you need to be able to manage and look at behavior across these devices 
and then score it and look at the risk and analyze it and see if you can if there's new anomalous behaviors. Very good, Dave. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tom. It's fun. The topic has been threats to mobile workers. I've been talking with Dave Jevons, CTO of Marble Security, Inc. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.